And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Now they give it to Green. Green stutter step. He's through. First down, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, William, run. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. In the backfield, two receivers left, one right. Mayfield back to pass. Lux going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! He got it! He got it! The rookie from Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go! Pumping once, now throwing long down the left side. Slaughter has it! He's going in for a touchdown! The problem won the game! <laughs> hey ho and what do you know welcome everybody to another edition of the top dogs podcast i am one half of the top dogs your maverick on today's journey alex hale joined as always by my goose jack mccurry jack how are you buddy i'm doing well brother how are you um had one of them turn me down it it kind of sucked the number one choice said no um, but they, uh, they were very gracious about it and yeah, I have enough respect for them. See, that's how you freaking do it. That's yeah. how, that's a professional organization right there. Bravo. Can't be more impressive, but, uh, still in the mix for actually, I haven't even told you, I think the other, there's a second, there's a second one that popped up. So we're in the mix for two, which way am I going? What state am I going to? I don't know, but we may find out in the next week. We may find out in the next month. Who the hell knows, Jack? It's all part of the ride of working in sports. Um, yep. But uh, <laughs> at least I won't be in football, so this podcast remains. Uh, <laughs> but I will say, uh, if the new one pop that popped up uh, is anything, uh, we might be uh, moving close to a certain uh, owner that uh, Jimmy Haslam looks up to with a huge stadium. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, there's your hints. Uh, Alex, wait a minute. What do you mean that's in play? Uh, I don't know. We're going to find out. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, I know we normally do how, how's our week been, but there's a lot that we're going to be talking about today, including some draft stuff. Uh, because, again, Jack brought this up on Twitter before we went on the air. He's absolutely right. We have to discuss it. Um, but let's start. First off, with the Browns versus Ravens last week, the Browns' defense actually showed up. Shocker. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Woods had a game plan, and he was he was getting us to the point where we were going to survive. And at this point, that's all I can ask of Joe Woods. Um, we were on the Dogland uh, podcast, post-game podcast, uh, after the game kind of broke everything down. Uh, so Jack, are those episodes still up or are they gone now? The only way you can listen to it now is on YouTube okay. because of the whole move. And now our feed goes right into dogs by nature. So, okay. So if you want to hear what we thought of that, go to the YouTube page, Jack, tell them how they can find it on YouTube real quick. Just search the dog land or our old podcast name, 1085 gridiron. Cause that's 
It, it, Spreaker was automatically uploading the episodes to YouTube, so that's where yeah. you find it. Perfect, perfect. Thank you very much for that. Yep. Uh, so if you want to hear that, hey, real quick, thank you to you, Zach and Caitlin for coming on last week because Anthony wasn't feeling well. So I appreciated you guys stepping. I in. wouldn't have been feeling well after that loss, too. Uh, that <laughs> was really bad. Uh, not for anything the Browns did. No, Jack, I'm going to say this. How many times have I said the NFL rigs games and they're no longer hiding it because People expect the Browns to blow it. That's fair, but the refs were not the reason why the Browns lost last week. I know everybody wants to go to that, and they always go to it, but we were down before that. You blew it, but you were in position to tie it. Yes. and Or even to win, because the Cooper pass interference thing was... if If that encroachment is called, Stefanski goes for it. Oh, yeah. 100%. We're going, we're going Brissett up the middle. Exactly. He gets the first down. The way they were moving that ball, they were scoring. Mm-hmm. They were. They, they were going to win. Heck, even the offensive pass interference, I think that's a questionable call. I think it's an extremely questionable call, especially from what you've seen the past week with Mike Evans. He made a similar play, and it wasn't called. You cannot tell me that there is a bias in the NFL for teams. Certain teams get certain calls. The NBA does it with their top players, with LeBron, Giannis, and others. The NFL does it with their teams. This is something that is real. It is happening. And again, no one's doing anything about it, which I would say this is practically insider gambling, and that's illegal. People are profiting off of this, I bet. I'm not here to be conspiracy theorists. I'm here to state what's probably the obvious. Jack, come on now. No, uh, PJ Walker just threw up a Hail Mary to DJ Moore for the win. And who told you to start in week one, Carolina? You're welcome. I saw talent in that boy. You're welcome. <laughs> um, Now go trade DJ Moore for like three first round picks, you cowards. We don't have any. Not not for the Browns. I meant Green oh. Bay. Get him the Green Bay, please. Yep. I'm oh no, that's uh oh the Bill Belichick uh passing George Hallis happened too. Good for him. Anywho, the the referees in that game, and yes, the Browns kind of did they they didn't help. They didn't help themselves. Let's be honest. The Browns didn't help themselves, but the refs did them no favor. Is that fair to say, Jack? No. The pass interference was such a ticky-tack call. The false start, like, I, they called it undone, but, like, Peter Schrager broke it down the next day on Good Morning Football, and there was somebody on the left side. I forget who it was now just because I haven't gone back and looked. Their foot moved. Yeah, I think so. But the referee who called it, and someone broke this down, how the hell did he even see it? There's no way his line of vision did not include that. So therefore he assumed Jedrick Wills moved. Was it Jed? I, from what the guy said in the video, I wish I retweeted it. He thought it was Jed. He thought the push by the Ravens was him reacting and making a false start. The guy who threw the flag 
didn't didn't see the play. He didn't. He threw a play, and he's lucky that there is something to quote unquote back that up. But Peter Schrager should be smart enough to say that referee has no way of seeing this happen. There's no way it's going to be in the literal corner of his eyes when he's looking straight forward, when there's another guy looking in that direction who should see the foot and he didn't see the foot. Right. And that's where I'm looking at the NFL saying you owe the Browns an apology because if anything, it should have been a wash call at that point. Like no five yard penalty. We fucked up. It's on both of you. And that's where, sure, there was a false start. But none of the Ravens players pointed at him. None of the Ravens players. No one knew who jumped. All the Ravens said is they jumped, they jumped, they jumped. And I've seen more blatant false start penalties that were not called in Browns games against us. Like, the Colts of 2014, I saw a player literally start blocking uh, Phil Kruger or Paul Kruger before the play began. And guess what? It wasn't called Night Colts fans laughing, saying, boy, the NFL must really hate you. That's how bad this is. They know. And it's, look, we can get into the whole breakdown of that game, but that's going to take way too long. And honestly, I think everything that's needed to be said has been said. The Browns did everything they could to win that game. Jacoby did his job. Nick Chubb did his job. The defense did their job. The receivers did their job. Kevin Stefanski did his job. Everybody did their job. It just didn't happen. Yep. And that happens. That's just the Browns being the Browns, though. They can do everything right and still find a way to lose the game. And I'll just say this, the talent gap in the AFC North with the Ravens is that wide. They have five receivers that none of you know about that I damn well know about. And they can all do the little things. Mm -hmm. They may not have a star receiver, but they got five guys who can make an impact in different ways in every game. You left Isaiah likely wide open on the crucial fourth quarter drive. How do you let that happen? And that's how deep their tight end room is. Isaiah likely is a tight end one on other teams in this league. And he's just sitting there next to Mark Andrews. He's getting his looks now because Andrews, like Thursday night, Andrews got hurt, likely started balling like he did in the preseason. And truthfully, if we're really being honest, if Justice Hill does not run that football and it's Gus Edwards, that game never gets to the field goal. It's over. No. Gus Edwards knows how to run against the Browns. He's big, physical, downhill runner. It's what the Browns interior absolutely hates. And again, when he ran the ball, the interior defensive tackles were completely exposed again. Now, I think we're left to ask this question, and it's fair. Who's to blame on that? Is it Andrew Barry for maybe miscalculating how important the interior line is? I think so to a degree. And I also think Andrew Barry's smart enough to know, you know what? My philosophy is kind of wrong. I need to fix that because he's not an idiot. I mean, he went to an Ivy league school. Yeah. 
if, if you're taught anything in the Ivy Leagues, you don't make the same mistake twice. Right. You find a way to make it work in a better way. Yeah, I I think because we know they they've invested a lot in the secondary. They've invested a lot in the edge, but they like leave the minimum for linebacker and D tackle. I think they need to tweak it a little bit. Maybe not invest as much in at safety because we all thought safety was an issue when they first came. It's still an issue now. So invest a little bit less maybe in the safety room and a little more at D tackle just because we're seeing how much of a need it is. Yes. And I'm all for that. Um, And, you know, it kind of sucks. You don't have your first round pick because there's a kid in Georgia that I would die to have on this team. And he's going to go to somewhere else. And he might go to Houston. He yeah. might. Yeah. And it's going to be painful to watch. Jalen Carter, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Carter is a monster. Yeah, he, he is. is exactly what this defense needed. And Jack, we can go all the way back. I kept saying I was okay going with a Brissette or a Jimmy G for a year at less of a cost. If it mean I kept my first round pick in either a went all in on CJ Stroud or B someone became available that may not cost as much. And I get a Javen Carter. I mean, if I get one of those, if I can pull that off, I feel like the Browns are in just as good of a situation with Deshaun Watson at his best. I'm going to be quite honest, not knocking Watson. We're in a good place when he returns, but we could be in an even better place. And that's where the loss of, you know, making that trade and, you know, trading away all those picks. And again, I'm not trying to sound like a pick hoarder here, but could you imagine, Jack, you're sitting there at 12, Traylon Burks is on the board. You have Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis is on the board who would have been perfect. He got hurt today, but he's been solid in that defensive line. But he's the kind of guy you needed. And that's what I kept saying in the draft process. That's exactly what the defense needs a big fat dude who can move in the middle and takes up two linemen yep. because when that happens, it opens things up. If you put them next to miles Garrett, they can't double miles anymore. If nope. anything, they got to put a tight end on the edge there and have, you know, him double, you know, miles Garrett, which means less receivers are going out. And that means your coverage is going to be more effective. Gee, this isn't hard to figure out. Instead, I think with what the pieces he's got, I'm going to blame Joe Woods on this too. Joe Woods, I think, in a way, throws his hands up and says, there's nothing really I can do. None of these guys really fit what I need. So how do you want me to scheme this? Which, if that's the case, then Joe Woods has to go, at least try. But at the same time, they got to fix that going forward. It's going to be exposed all year long, whether it be in the pass rush or anything else, run defense, anything, because that's why they're getting into our linebackers so easily. And our linebackers are not that good. Sione Takitaki, I cannot wait to get out of here. If anything, he's a special teamer, if anything. But he, I don't even think he's that because he's, he's too passive. I mean, I saw him stutter step when he had Lamar Jackson straighten his sight because he didn't know which way he was going to go, so he couldn't pursue him. I don't give a damn. Attack him. Trust that as you're going on the right, 
because he was coming from the edge, go on the right, bait him in, and have one of your defensive linemen who's coming from that side come in and basically trap him. Why, why are you giving him time? Because now he sees you coming, but if you stutter step, well, now, because of how fast Lamar is, well, if I stutter step real quick, I can spin around and move past you because now I'm thinking about just going, and that's what he did. That's exactly what he did. This isn't hard to diagnose what's wrong. And that's where, again, I don't want it to be an annual Joe Woods hate fest every week, but because he did a decent job, but it also goes to show how poorly trained our linebackers are. The linebackers coach has got to go. I don't give a damn if he was a former defensive coordinator. Get the heck out of here. Yeah. How do you not know how to teach that? Give me Greg Williams at this point, because Greg Williams will scream at you if you don't attack. Hey, it'll cost 50 bucks on Cameo to uh, try to recruit him back. I don't give a shit. As one of our idiot Browns Twitter. I'll take him as a linebackers coach, because you want to know what? At least our guys will know how to pursue. Where's his son at? Just bring him back. Where's Blake? I I don't even know. It's it's so frustrating when you see the defense be passive, when all you're asking for is them to be aggressive. They're not going to fire Woods, but I would fire the linebacker coach and the DB coach like Tuesday. I am going to make my hot take of the week right now. Okay. If without uh, Jamar Chase, if the Browns get lit up, he is out. Woods? Yes. I don't know. Ben Albright was on with Paul Brown and Jack Duffin, and he said that it pretty much would be at the end of the season. Well, at least he's saying it is going to happen most oh, likely. I, I think that's probably the perception around the league. I mean, that's honestly, good. Like... Then you want to what? Then we need to stop talking about Stefanski then. We found our scapegoat. No more excuses for Stefanski going forward. You got Watson for a whole year. You get to work with them in the offseason. Get them up to speed on that offense that can be lethal with him. And run some of what the Eagles are running, which you already know he has in his back pocket already. Don't think that Kevin Stefanski is not dumb enough to already plan that. It's not like we didn't see that in the preseason, but you know, it's not like I don't get paid to watch this stuff. It's not like it hasn't been talked about since March when Jason Lloyd said that they were doing it in Rusty Harden's office. But no, we got media people saying, well, Stefanski should be watching Nick Sirianni and learn how to I wish I could get paid to just not watch the Browns ever watch everybody else and just make takes from that. I got to wonder, like if you're a reporter and that's really your take, what do you do during the games? What do you do? Do you go visit your friends who are at the games? You go like eat in the media lounge all game. Like, I I don't know. I, I have questions. I seriously have questions. If you don't think that, the Browns didn't acquire Deshaun Watson to do some of that shit because they watched Lamar Jackson do that and other mobile quarterbacks. Then you are paying attention. That's Kevin why Stefanski was Kevin a reason Stefanski why Deshaun. Wanted, he yeah. wanted to do that. He was trying to do that with Baker. Mm-hmm. He was running RPOs with Baker when he was injured last year. Are we not paying attention? <laughs> Jesus some Christ. Are. So again, it was a bad loss. Oh, can we talk about the locker room thing? 
Yes, we can. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, obviously there was, as Mary Kay Cabot reported, there was a yelling match going on, talking about leadership, lack of it. Oh, uh, Miles well, Garrett- no. Let's say it for what it is. Zach Jackson said he heard someone say there's no effing leadership. Now, the question now remains, are they saying that to Stefanski's face or are they saying it to the players that their leadership group is not stepping up? They, the coaches were still in there because they all said Stefanski. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. That's a player thing then because I think it's, I think I know who it was directed at. Miles. John Johnson the third. Okay, that My, too. Because Miles was the one that stopped everything in there. So here's what I'm gonna break down from all of this. Cause again, facts have been like floating in, and I need just one filter to tell me what happened. So if the coaches are in there saying that, no player in their right mind calls out the coaching staff for leadership and is still on the team the next day. There's no way. No player ever survives that. That's a death nail in your career. Mm -hmm. You can save behind their backs. You can be an anonymous source to the media, which we have not heard anything like that this week. You had an opening, and no one took it. So that leads me to believe by my own, you know, my own conclusion it's not Stefanski they're talking about. It's player leadership. And you might be right. It is John Johnson. And I'm going to take a second hot take a week. I don't know what his cap hit is. I will not be shocked to see John Johnson traded by Tuesday for like a sixth round pick. I'll tell you what it is here in just a moment. Yeah, because he makes so much sense to a lot of teams that are competing right now. And I think he just doesn't want to be here. And if you don't want to be here, okay, fine. Goodbye. I do like that. He hasn't been like mentioned in trade rumors. I know we'll get to it obviously, but maybe the Browns are trying to shop him and just, again, I think it's more so if it's that quiet and if it's what I think it is, the Browns are shopping him. They, they have to be because I guarantee you, Andrew Barry probably came in the next day and said, look, he can't do that. Look, do you even want to be here? No. Okay. I'm going to trade you by next Tuesday. Just shut the so hell up and play. So he's only got a year left after this year because after the 23 season in voids, um, if they were to trade him, they'd save $4 million but have a $3.75 million dead cap hit uh, over the next four seasons, which they're going to have anyways, even if they cut him uh, this offseason. So. They could. They could. Um, They're probably better off. They're probably going to hold on to him. Probably. At this point. Um, And then he'll be a post-June 1st cut this offseason. That would make a lot more sense because that's how AB works. Yeah. So, But I wouldn't be shocked. This is his last season in Cleveland. Good riddance. That's all I can say. Um, I also will say this. As much as we say Delpit sucks. Delpit has all the skills to do it. I don't think he's had the right leadership. I give him one more year with a legitimate, with a legitimate chance and with legitimate coaching staff to coach him up. 
and without the toxic nature of John Johnson on this team, get him out. Give me a veteran. Give me a veteran in here. Not some young guy. Give me a veteran leader in that secondary. They do not have a seasoned veteran in that secondary. It's a bunch of young kids. John Johnson is the oldest of that group or one of the oldest. Give me someone who's, yeah. Give me one of these guys that's been around a minute. I'm not saying like you got to spend it, but like a Micah Hyde type, you know, I'm just naming a safety off the top of my head or Jordan Poyer type. Give me someone who's been in the league for a while that knows what it takes to succeed has been in good defenses and provides leadership and guidance for your young players. You can't develop without veteran leadership. And that's how we go back to the 2014 team. One of the biggest factors of why that defense was so good was not Joe Hayden and why a guy like a Jordan Poyer took a step up in that year, if I'm not mistaken. And others, I think as well. I think Tayshawn Gibson took a step up. Jack, who is that veteran we have that was that been in the league like seven years, you know, went to Ohio State, was like 30 years old when we signed him and was a great veteran leader for this team. Who was that again? Dante Whitner. Oh, so you need a Dante Whitner type. This isn't hard, guys. Andrew Barry, hire me. I'm still it's a free agent. It's I not only you. that, it's not only that, but they need a true free safety on this defense. It's like yes! you got John Johnson and Delpit and Ronnie Harrison. They're all box safeties. We haven't had a true once you have that too. You can tell Delpit what to do and it'll be a lot easier for him. Yeah. Delpit likes to attack. He's not a coverage dude. No, he's not like man, if you make him and JOK hybrids on this D. Oh my gosh. That could be fun to watch. That could be really fun to watch. And just get real cover guys out. It's not hard. It's not hard, guys. Stop overcomplicating this. I'm here for you. Who hurt you? Who hurt you, Joe Woods? Just tell me. The other thing I'm going to say, and I know this is kind of a hot button topic. I have to speak directly to Denzel Ward because I'm concerned. Denzel, this is your third concussion. You constantly cannot stay on the field, whether it be concussions or other injuries. You signed a long-term extension with the Browns. And this is what, his third week in a row he's missed? It's also his third concussion. Third concussion, like second or third week in a row he's missed. Denzel, I don't want to push you to retirement, but... You're a local guy. You went to Nordonia. I went to Brexville. We were right next to each other, my man. And dude, I, and I live in the area of Nordonia. This city loves you, man. And it would be a tragedy to see concussions ruin your future. There is no shame in retiring because of concussions. We've seen players retire after one year. You've been a pro bowler multiple times. I am gosh darn sure Jimmy Haslam's going to find a way to honor that contract without it hitting the salary cap. He'll find a way to either get you a job, pay you or something. And if you can't get a job, I know somewhere that's going to be running to get you back home 
to be a coach and a recruiter for them. And that's Ohio state. And I'm going to say this, Denzel, if you retired right now, I guarantee you in five years, five years, I'm going to make a bold statement. If Brian Hartline doesn't become the replacement for Ryan day, I think Denzel Ward is smart enough and also young, charismatic enough and understands modern football well enough to eventually become a head coach at Ohio state. Hmm. I think he's calm, but yet he's not afraid to speak up when needed. That's a leader. That's a leader. When, when he blew the game, the other, the early in the year, he said, that's on me. When he blew that one touchdown, he said, that's on me. He holds himself accountable. And he's a guy that you would want to either run your defense or eventually become your head coach. I just don't want the next 30 years of your life and potential career to be affected by the next maybe two or three years of your career in life. So Denzel, we love you. And there's no doubt you're one of the best corners the Browns have ever had next to Dixon and Minifield and maybe even Joe Hayden. (laughs) You're right there, man. There's no shame in walking away. There's no shame to putting your family first. If you want to play, we'll support you. We'll support you 100%. If you can go, go. But I do want to say for the record, I'm not going to sit here and be pissed off if you say, hey, I've had too many concussions. This is it. I'm out. It's been a ride. I'm not going to sit here and be mad at you, Denzel. And I was one of the ones who said trade you. I mean, like, I'm not here being a jerk or anything. If you want to play, I'm going to support you 100% because you're brown. I, I, I support you. But if you decide it's time, at least know there are some fans out there that will not blame you whatsoever. So have to say that for the Browns' sake um, and for the fans' sake because – a lot of players will probably feel that pressure to come back and rush themselves and get themselves further hurt. Like some quarterbacks in the NFL. Just saying. Yeah. But moving on to this week, the Browns take on the Cincinnati Bengals without Jamar chase, which is a big blow. Jack, you and I have differing opinions on this. Now, granted, I was the one who sat here and said, oh, the Ravens are going to blow us out, and we almost won that game. Yeah. I just, I'm going to say this. The Bengals receivers are far better than the Ravens. Their running back, Joe Mixon, is better than any of the running backs the Ravens have. Mm-hmm. Their O-line is not as good. I will say that. That's the Browns' saving grace. They have a solid defense. It's not flashy, but... It gets the job done. I expect the Browns to come out strong. Like the first few drives are going to be good. You could have maybe a 14-14 tie at the half, maybe take a 21-14 lead in the third quarter. But the trend that I keep seeing is as the game goes on, and this is the defense, it's not the offense. The opposing offense will have a long drive. 
a very, very long drive and will score. And then the offense may get one first down, but the offense will sputter almost every time they just sputter at that point, whether it's, you know, the defense has made an adjustment on things. The fanski isn't making the right call. Nick Chubb ain't in the game. It doesn't matter what it is. And he's saving Nick Chubb for the fourth to keep his legs fresh, which is the right thing to do as long as you have Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson, others. If you have that luxury, you take it. And I expect with the Browns potentially trading Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson's going to step into that role to keep Nick Chubb fresh. That's why they're going to keep looking at running backs, you know, even in this year's draft. If there's one out there that they like, they're going to go get them. They they don't mind double and tripling down on that position because you can never have too many running backs. He learned that in Minnesota with Dalvin Cook's injury, with Madison, you know, showing up. He learned that. So again, it's every time though, in that moment, when you need to answer back with a long drive, they don't. Or they score very quickly, or they respond very quickly, like a four-play drive where they just go right down the field and score. And for me, sometimes I go, no, that's the worst thing because the defense just was out there for seven minutes. They need four or five-minute drives to offset that. Mm-hmm. And the way your defensive line works and your linebackers are, they cannot afford that. That, Jack, is why I'm picking the Bengals. I am picking a 31-21 Bengals win where they just pull away at the end because our defense is exhausted. They run mixing down our throats. It just happens. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say the Browns are going to look bad. I think they have the potential to win this game. They do tend to do well against the Bengals. Not saying it's not possible. Hell, if Baker Mayfield injured can beat this team, so can Jacoby Brissett. Just saying. But the Browns got to be careful in this one. Because just because Jamar Chase is out doesn't mean Boyd isn't going to – Tyler Boyd isn't going to go off. T. Higgins won't go off. Joe Mixon won't go I mean, Joe Burrow had a monster game last week against Atlanta. Yep. We cannot ignore what he did last week. Joe Burrow may be finding his groove right now. And we may be facing him at the worst time. But I trust Miles Garrett. Clowney, I believe, is going to play tomorrow. So mm-hmm. you have your two-headed monster back. Alex Wright showed flashes last week. JOK had some moments. You have guys that can make plays and make life a little bit more difficult. I just think they'll be more t- our defense will be more tired than their defense at the end, which in a lot of football games is literally the decisive factor in the game because those big fat dudes in the middle can't consistently keep running out there. They're going to get tired and they're going to easily be blocked around. That's how you win games. And that's what I think is going to happen in this one. 31, 21 Bengals. Jack, what do you think uh, your breakdown of this game? So I also picked the Bengals to win over on the Dogland podcast. Um, like, 
first of all, Cincinnati's defense is really good. They don't give enough credit. They haven't given up a touchdown at all in the second half of the season or in the second half of game so far this year. So that's one key thing. They've only allowed 30, they've allowed 30 points. They're all field goals. When I look at the Browns, they don't seem like far off in these games. It's just one or two things happen. And that's the deciding factor. Number one, they always show up on primetime games. Even when they were terrible at the bottom of the league, they would show up on primetime and play well. Like there's been countless games and, where they show up on prime time, no one expects them to win, and they either get close, make it a close game, or they win and upset. Um, Nick Chubb has always had strong games against Cincinnati, which I don't expect that to change. Cincinnati's like 19th against the run. So I expect Chubb to have a monster game. That's going to be a good thing. That's going to keep the Browns in the game, I think, late. Um, Hot take, I think Hunt is going to have a fairly big game. I could see that. I could see the Browns trying to showcase him to make one last ditch effort. To oh, I think he's going to gonna showcase himself. Yeah, I think he'll he'll try his hardest. And it's his cause... last home game. Are we at home or are we away? We're home. Home game. This is this is going to be his last potential game at home. Yeah, as a Brown, like dude. And then you said it, Miles Garrett and Clowney both out there. Offensive line still very shaky. They give up about three sacks a game. I just I see our our defense. I see Joe Woods doing something again, dialing up some pressure, trying to rattle Joe or Joe Burrow into making a couple bad throws. And, you know, as bad as the Browns have been at creating turnovers, you could see one or two bad throws and boom, there's an interception. If, too bad Denzel Ward ain't playing because he's always shown up and played really well against the Bengals. He's got two career pick sixes against him. I mean, yeah, they have to shut down Higgins and Boyd, even though Chase is out. Not to mention Hayden Hurst as well, who's been a solid acquisition for him. But, like, I still think the Bengals win, but I think it's going to be close. I think a lot of people are stunned that the the spread's only three and a half. But, you know, the Browns aren't as bad as their record shows. But, unfortunately, at the end of the day, two and five is I'll two take and five. That, I'll take that three and a half for the Bengals. Yeah, but I picked. I, I think, think it's it was, easy money. Jeez. I think it was 27-24 was my prediction for this game. Okay, okay that's fair. That's but, fair. But obviously, if the Browns are going to make this a game, as the trends show, they got to put points up in the first half because Cincinnati's defense seems to get stronger as the game goes on. Yeah. The one thing I'm going to point out is if the Browns are able to win this game, I think that kind of changes the dynamic for Tuesday. Um, Mm -hmm. I think at that point, if the Browns win, you're 2-1 the division. A lot of your games at the end, you're going to have Watson back by then. You might be able to make a move. For the division, you might. Yeah, you, you need to get hot here before he comes back. You need to you need to take that bye week and get hot. You know, going into that stretch. Now, if they lose, I mean, if they win, let's say if they win, I can definitely see them going after a receiver. They will go after an interior defensive lineman, I believe. And I think it changes the dynamic of how they move players like a greedy Williams. You know, they may say, Hey, we'll trade greedy Williams and pick swap for a defensive tackle. You have like, they may end up doing it like that or Kareem hunt. They may do it like that as well, where they may not just look for the picks. They're going to try to win because again, Andrew Barry is a smart guy. He knows who's breathing down his neck. And he at least has to show Jimmy 
hey, I'm not tanking. I am trying to win. You got to give me some credit here. I am. And if these moves show improvement, Jimmy can't fire him at that point. So he's trying to stack the deck against Jimmy. If they are to lose, I think that opens up the door for multiple possibilities. I think Kareem Hunt no matter what is gone on Tuesday. Uh, the rumor is uh, the Rams, the Bills, the Eagles. Those three have been the three teams that have called the most on him. Depending on the win loss on Monday, I firmly believe that they would prefer to just acquire picks, but if they win, they're going to go. They're just going to go for it because you can't show Watson. We're not going to try. You got to do it. And they all each have pieces on that team, which are interesting with pick swaps. I know the Rams have a defensive tackle in question. I think more so because of contract situation upcoming that they can move him for pick swap and maybe get Kareem Hunt. So at that point, you might be wise to say, you know what? We need someone like that. Let's go get him and see what happens. Maybe he is as good as he is, and he doesn't need Aaron Donald. Maybe he does need Aaron Donald. Who the hell knows? Only one way to find out. So I think Hunt's gone. I think Greedy is gone. Um, What you're going to get for him, probably not much. Probably swapping seventh-round picks. Which is sad. Um, greedy can't stay healthy, and when no, he's been on the field, he hasn't been that great. No, so they'll they'll do it. I do think John Johnson's on the table. I'm not saying it's happening. Right. I think John Johnson's on the table. I think Jack Conklin is very much on the table. Um, I did not see what the Jets did today. Um, they I lost. Got, no, I meant uh receiver wise. Oh, Elijah Moore only had one target for one catch. Oh, gee, just. Call it in on Tuesday. There's my prediction. Jack Conklin for Elijah Moore. Just call it in. Seriously. Can we get that deal done already? Is it done already? Can I just get Elijah Moore for tomorrow night? I can't. Damn it. Okay. You know how much I loved Elijah Moore in that. No, I know. I know. Like you're literally saying, Alex, I can get one of your top receivers in that class right now. And we were, and we're going to talk about wide receivers in this upcoming draft. But I will say, you go get an Elijah Moore. You don't need to worry about that. I kind of feel like there's more to him than just the Jets aren't playing him. Like, there's got to be something behind the scenes. There has to. But I think, again, they've spent – when they drafted him, I thought it was weird. But a good – I thought at first maybe a good fit. Was that this regime that drafted him too? Yes. Salah, I think, drafted him. Was it last year he got drafted? Yeah, last year. Okay, then it was Salah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there's got to be something else. I think there's been a, a problem with him in this system, whereas other receivers have fit, and he's mm-hmm. just fallen off. I mean, when he first started, he looked good. Then he had the injury, fell out of favor, and really hasn't recovered. And I think that's affected him, that he probably just expected, oh, I'm going to have my job back, and Let's go to work. And it mm-hmm. turns out, no, you did not get your job back. And uh, you're kind of behind the eight ball here. You're behind like four other receivers. It's like Terrace Marshall. You know, you get that injury, you fall out of favor. It wasn't until today. He had a huge game today 
for the Panthers, and that's great for him going forward. But sometimes you just need that change of scenery. And for Elijah, I think he enters Cleveland and he'd be the slot guy. And he's going to be a guy that Watson's going to love, that Brissett's going to love, that is going to run routes like Cooper, have the speed of you know Donovan Peoples-Jones, and really be a game-changing wide receiver for the team. So that's why I say go get him. It's worth it at this point. Conklin's going to be a free agent. It's worth going and doing it. And worst case, <clears throat> let's say Conklin just says, I want to come home to Cleveland, and he doesn't sign that extension with the Jets. You get him for absolutely nothing. I'm just saying. It, never underestimate the power of being the hometown team and just saying, you want to end your career in Cleveland. I mean, like, we trade you to get you a chance to win and either worked out or it didn't work out. Do you want to just come back and kind of, like, be a starter or a backup or whatever? Yeah, sure. Why not? He's All from right. here. Never know. You could get Elijah Moore for absolutely nothing when it's all said and done. It'd be great. <laughs> we got a second round pick for absolutely nothing. Wow. That offense. A bit, shot a bit like the Karis Levert trade. Yes. Yes, sir. Um, but I expect the Browns to be active. I think it's going to be an active deadline. I think there will be teams calling us about numerous players. Will not be shocked. And here's a, here's a bold prediction for the deadline because he's cheap and someone's going to call for a wide receiver. They're not going to shop Donovan Peoples-Jones, but I guarantee you somewhere hidden, someone's going to say they called the Browns for Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's possible. I will say this. If Green Bay called tomorrow and said two first-round picks, goodbye, goodbye. Go play with Aaron Rodgers. You're welcome. Oh, I'll over. I, I'll I'll be fine. I'll be fine. What do you mean? I got two first round picks for you. Six round pick turn to two ones. Yes. Hey. Now, now that's an overpay. Them. That's an overpay. Okay. No. Really. Hey, only way I do it for DPJ. You're living in fantasy land over there. What do you mean? If DPJ is ever going for two first-round picks, somebody needs their head examined. Well, you know, you're talking to the guy that in NBA 2K's uh, Kobe era uh, with the Cavs assembled a uh, Infinity Stones lineup of Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James. Wait, who is my power? Dwight Howard and Yao Ming. Insanity. Real quick. Uh, what ask did you... me how many games did we win? Uh, 74. 73 73 at the warriors mark yeah um real quick uh because jake laser said it that the bills tried to get alvin kamara what'd you think of that alvin kamara man that's a super bowl move and then he goes and has a hat trick game today like i know i'm facing him in fantasy but tony pollard may just save the day tony pollard may just save my ass And newsflash, Jerry Jones said nothing changes once Zeke gets back from his injury. Bullshit! Hey, do you want to cut Zeke so I can sign him cheap to run behind Nick <laughs> Let's do it! I'm in! Wait, you, you... I see my Kareem Hunt and raise it a Zeke Elliott. In this offense, Zeke would go nuts. Yeah, Zeke behind- would feast i mean you you see what he did behind an elite offensive line the first couple years in dallas i mean yeah they lost that 
Anywho, uh, to wrap things up, Jack wanted to bring this up because, uh, you know, you were talking about before, you know, the show, uh, how the Dolphins, you know, have uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill and how the Browns should be looking into it. So, Jack, I'm going to let you kind of take the floor with me on this one because uh, you want to go this route. This is all you, man. I mean, just watching that offense, which I get to go see it live and in person here in a couple of weeks because I'm going to Miami for the Browns Dolphins game. Like, and I've had these conversations with Jack Duffin and Owan Jones and Ian Wright. Like, what this team needs, especially offensively, is that explosive wide receiver, uh, like a Tyreek Hill, like a Jalen Waddle. Now we're obviously limited in draft capital. We yep. don't we'll have cap space, but I don't think there's any wide receivers like that that are gonna be available. Not so, really. like, I go to Alex because he's the draft guy, and I'm like, who's going to be there potentially in the second, in the third, the fourth rounds that could be like a Tyreek and a Jalen Waddle that we could get in the draft? So, the number one guy in the second round that I've been watching is Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Explosive, makes amazing catches, runs solid routes. He has carried that Boston College team on his back almost literally. I can't name you another guy in that Boston College team, but I know who the hell Zay Flowers is. And I've just seen some catches that are just unreal. And they're contested, too. They're not just, oh, the quarterback, you know, threw it away from me. He's going all OBJ. No, 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 no. This is in contest. And he's making these catches. So it shows me as the concentration to catch the ball. And he's able to catch and make a big play out of it, too. So Zay Flowers is that guy that I really am eyeing right now that starting to get a little bit of a crush on in terms of a draft crush. Uh, I Again, I'm not going to fully fall until we get to the combine. I do want to see the gauntlet drill for all of these guys. That's the end-all, be-all. I want to see their shuttle times. Their 40 time I would like to see, but I care more about the shuttle time uh, because I want to see how explosive they are and their broad jump. That's another thing that I'm starting to watch a lot more with receivers. I want to see your broad jump. I want to know how explosive you are, because if you're that explosive, I need to go get you. Um, Jordan Addison, Quinson Johnson are the top two on the board right now. You guys are probably wondering, Alex, what happened? JSN. He got injured. And he just says he's not been the same receiver. And there were concerns with his size and durability already going into the season. And it's rearing its head right now. And JSN could be the most explosive out of the group. And I will say this, it will not stun me if he is there at that Browns pick in the second round. At this rate, you're trending towards a high second round pick. There There is a very good chance JSN will be there. I think Zay Flowers will be there unless if something happens during the process that jumps him, Mm -hmm. you have the potential to go get one of the better receivers in this draft. Um, I know a lot of people love Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. He's undersized, more of a slot guy. Wouldn't hurt to get him. But yeah, an explosive slot wouldn't hurt this team at all. And if we're talking about explosive receivers like Jason who get hurt a lot, Ronnie Bell out of Michigan. I know a lot of people are like, Alex, why are you doing this again? Again, Michigan over the past few years are developing some receivers, not to the same caliber of Ohio State, but they are effective 
NFL receivers. Nico Collins, when healthy, effective NFL wide receiver. Donovan Peoples-Jones. And you all hated him. And I'm the only one going like, that is a steal right there. I loved him. I I knew Harbaugh was not using him properly. I hey, knew it. You know, I won't, you know, you know, everybody says, oh, Urban Meyer, just because we're all Buckeye honks. But he said top 10 talent in the draft that year. The Browns got I was saying first round. round. I was saying first yeah. round that year. But we look at Ronnie Bell, for example, at the Michigan, Michigan State game yesterday. Uh, he had a very big game. I think a big thing of why you are hearing his name a lot more is because he's getting more opportunities. And that's because, surprise, J.J. McCarthy is a better quarterback than Cade McNamara. And they have a quarterback who can make these plays. Now, are they a pass-happy team? Hell no. It's Blake Corum's show. And we're all just living in it. Um, if he comes out for the draft, I'm just going to say this. If he's there in the third round, I, I, I'm taking him. He is a perfect scheme fit. Absolute perfect. Only problem is he probably has too many carries on his name right now. And that's the only thing I don't like. His pro prospects, I think, are going to be shit. Uh, but he goes to the right system. He'll be fine. But you have receivers in this draft. Uh, Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma has been okay. Uh, Cedric Tillman, Rasheed Rice out of SMU has really been one of the surprise names this year. But if we go by past SMU guys, Emmanuel Sanders, they turn out okay. Um, there are receivers to be had. Is it the same receiver class as other years? No, it's not. I I think this is more so a quarterback draft um, with some pass rushers and uh, defensive players sprinkled in. I think it's also a cornerback draft. Um, I can say this. I have on rather good authority uh, from a strong source saying uh, Penn State's Joey Porter Jr. Um, he basically, according to this source, will do whatever it takes to end up with the Steelers. Of course. He was around that organization. No, I mean, like, yeah. From what I've been told by this source – that's the only thing he wants. He doesn't want to go anywhere else. If you want him in a Browns uniform, I've been told he would rather just walk away than play for the Cleveland Browns. Now, do I think that's going to be the case come draft season? No, no, he's not stupid. His dad will probably kill him if he does that. But I get it. I get it. And I'll be honest, Joey Porter Jr., if he is to slip at all, that is the guy I want. Mm-hmm. He, I think, can be a number one cornerback. He has the size, athletic ability, durability to look. If Denzel decide to retire, you got to start talking about this position more. And you got to start looking at this draft a lot closer on the cornerbacks because there are a bunch in this. And it's worth considering moving up to go get one. I don't know what that price would be. It probably would be something the Browns cannot do, but. They're going to think about it mm -hmm. because there are a few in this draft that are really talented and really gifted. So I'm excited about this draft. I have not dived in, you know, a hundred percent yet. I was it's start so early. 
I've been scouting the quarterbacks for the sake of, you know, this is the first draft where the Browns don't have a pick. And uh, I get to sit back and kind of really look at this while not thinking about the Browns. So now I have to start thinking, okay, which quarterbacks are the best? Where are they going to go? You know, is there anyone that's going to fly up? I know a hooker at Tennessee I have to start watching more of. Is it a system thing? Is it he really has made that jump? I don't know. Um, Tennessee does not have a good track record outside of Peyton Manning. I mean, the last drafted one, I think, was T. Martin. No. Hmm. Tyler Bray. Uh, yes. Oh, no, 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 no. No, Tyler no. Bray was drafted. That's right. Our beloved rocket scientist, Josh Dobbs. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So they don't they don't bring in first-round quarterbacks except for Peyton Manning. Right. They bring in six-round quarterbacks. So what yeah. makes him tick? What, why do people love him? That's what we, I got to figure out. Big test next Saturday, one versus two, Tennessee, oh, Georgia. Oh, I'm watching that game in depth. Like, if he can – Carter versus Hooker is what I'm interested in. He already he, beat Alabama, which is a big test. But, I mean, if he can no, do it against Georgia – I think Georgia's, Georgia's the test. No, I'm saying Georgia's defense is the ultimate test. Will Anderson is great. I actually probably put Carter ahead of him because he's such a rare gift at the position. I hope Anderson doesn't get to Pittsburgh. Um, But the way Pickett's playing, they might just say, screw it and draft another quarterback. No, I don't think the Steelers will. New front office. No, I don't think so. Omar Khan picked him. Mm, no, he was G- part of the, he was part of the group. He, he was part of it, but he wasn't his pick. No, 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 no. I, I'm going to say it's, he, he was already working for the Steelers at that time. He is part of that decision. Absolutely. If, if Pickett's not making progress and they can get Stroud Good. or Young, let him. Um, no, don't get Stroud. Please don't get Stroud. I, you know what? I am worried about Stroud. I'm worried if he goes to the right team. Well, yes, but and that's watching... the right team. Yeah, is it though? Yes, because oh. he has the receiving talent. Yeah, Claypool's on the trade market. Johnson didn't sign long term. Pickens still, is still. I still push. think they got the talent to offset that. They got Trent Richardson 2.0 in the backfield. I'll be honest. If they don't go quarterback, I honestly think they go offensive tackle. Is there one up there? There is. I think they may just trade down and take Paris Johnson. Oh, oh, of course. Another Buckeye I have to hate. Well, no, because <laughs> the Steelers may see it as. No, I get it. No, because the way I think it might happen is, and this is what I'm going to guess. The Steelers do the Steeler way, which is we give our quarterback a chance. We're going to help solidify things around you, but we're going to trade down, collect more assets for next year because there's a better quarterback in that draft who I absolutely do not want the Steelers touching. If they get Caleb Williams, it's all over. It's all over. It's basically you're in the cellar for the next decade because God, I I would be sick. I would be sick to my stomach if he went there. That's not good. Oh God. And I think that's their plan. We're going to give you two years. We'll get more assets with this pick because the Steelers always freaking do this. They're five steps ahead. Yeah. Um, That's how they roll. Real quick. What'd you think of JTT's performance against Penn state yesterday? I know we're looking at 2024 draft, but I'm not going to rank them yet. 
because he's a stud. He is, but he's coming out of nowhere. So now it's like, okay, you're on my radar. Well, he's but, not coming out of nowhere. It's just been a slow I know. development. That's that's the point. You expected oh, more, okay. and it's taken a minute for oh, him yeah. to develop. It's like Aiden Hutchinson. It's taken a little bit True. of time, but he's developing, which, by the way, my buddy Anthony just said I look like Aiden Hutchinson. He's at the game. He said, he's your twin, man. I'm like, I don't know, but you want to know what? I'll take that compliment. That's my new pickup line. <laughs> you know, I've been told I look like Aiden Hutchinson, the Detroit Lions. <laughs> um, and, and that's when the girl goes like, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> Trouble in Vegas, uh, Paul Gutierrez of ESPN, another lengthy post-game meeting between Raiders owner Mark Davis and first-year coach McDaniels. Can I just say, I'm glad I was wrong about that. McDaniels I'm glad is I was not to be a head coach. Well, I think, when, I think this is one of the rare times Jimmy was right. I think when McDaniels said, I'm tearing everything down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy's like, fuck you. No, you're not. You haven't heard that right. Yeah. And... I will say this. Here's what you do if you're the Raiders. You get on the phone with Rich Bisaccio right now. I, don't hang up until he accepts the offer. Because that was his job and you stole it from him. You cannot. And I'll be honest. If there was a guy that you were to fire Kevin Stefanski for. Rich Bisaccio. And I'm not even joking right now. I'm dead freaking serious, Jack. That's the one, hard for him. That is the one guy. If I'm firing Stefanski, I'm hiring because of two reasons. Two reasons, Jack. Number one, he is a special teams coach, meaning he will not make any play calls one way or the other. He has to hire competent guys. And some of the best coaches started out as special teams coaches. Anyhow, John Harbaugh. Just saying. Yep. Andy Reid was a special teams coach at one point. Was he? I think so. At least I think. I think he started out under Holmgren or whatever. Not in Green Bay. He was offensive coordinator there. But I think before that, he was a special teams coordinator. Offensive line coach. Oh, offensive line coach. Okay. I thought he was. Close enough. But they understand they cannot call the plays. Number one, you get a smart special teams guy who will teach up Cade York and turn him into Sebastian Janikowski. It'll be great. <laughs> it's going to awesome. turn him into Justin Tucker, but okay. I'll take Sebastian Janikowski too. Not terrible. Hey, you want to what? 65 plus yard field goals all the time. Let's do it. Yeah. But his leadership, his leadership of a team. It was shown last year with Vegas when all hell could have broken loose after Henry Ruggs, that team, he rallied them together after the John Gruden and Henry Ruggs shit, that team should have gone south quick, and it didn't. He led them to the fucking playoffs. And I'm sorry. That man deserved that job. Even if it was like a two-year contract where if you continue winning, I'll give you the four-year contract you deserve. Mm-hmm. It's sickening how he was a guy that got passed over. Anywho, that's the only guy I would ever fire Stefanski for, and I'm not firing Stefanski. There you go. Nope. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this week's show. Um, Next week, 
I don't know what's going to happen. Um, one of the jobs I am supposed to hear from this week. I feel okay about it. I feel like there's a, a better than 50, 50% chance I might get offered it. If I am offered it, I'm going to make this very clear. There is a good chance I will not be able to record next week with Jack on time that it may be during the week because at that point, because it's within driving distance, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to be looking at apartments. That's mm -hmm. literally the plan. Get in the car and go. Um, and it's also going to be a very trying week for me with some personal stuff. Um, just send some good vibes this way. Um, some family stuff going on that, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's going to be fine on one end. The other, it's sadly not, but you know, it is what it is. Anywho, uh, just send your good thoughts this way, positive vibes. Um, but next time we'll be talking about the bye week post trade deadline, all that jazz. Hopefully I'll have a job and I'll be like, I'm moving to X place, baby. Let's go. And if I go to this, the place I'm going to, all I'm going to say is uh, I'm going to be near uh, one of the hottest teams in football, if not the hottest team in football with a coach that runs a lot of RPOs that Kevin Stefanski should be, you know, learning from. There's your hint. Uh, with that said, and maybe near some world champions. I don't know. We'll see. See what the next week holds. And Any near the future home of WrestleMania. Oh, my God. WrestleMania 40. Oh, my God, Jack. Wait a minute. I forgot that. Yes. I need this one. You do. Jack, Jack are you saying there is a chance? There is legitimately a chance. If I get this, I will I'm finally. I'm, I will I'm coming to WrestleMania, too. Well, Anthony's going to beat you to it. I'm going with Anthony. So not oh. joking, my buddy, Anthony. No, I'm coming with you guys. Okay. It's a party, baby. Yeah, that's right. It's a party. Wait a minute. This is real. This is real, man. And the party will be all elite. No, it won't. It's yes, going to it be will. extreme. <laughs> ECW. That's the day Tommy Dreamer gets inducted in the Hall of Fame. It's going to be freaking amazing. Wouldn't surprise me. Are the Dudleys in the Hall of Fame yet? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they, put a dude, they put a dude through the table when they got inducted. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So Tommy Dreamer isn't. He probably will be then. Okay. Uh, yeah. Tommy Dreamer is the main one. He has to. Or Paul. Well, Paul's going in that. And I'm just going to be like, my hero. Yeah. Speaking, <laughs> I, speaking, I of, speaking of Paul, Alex, have you been feeling less oozy lately? Shut up. That was the greatest moment in SmackDown history. Shut up. That was stupid. I, hey, we were all laughing. Even the people we in the were, ring but it were was laughing. stupid. Okay. It was funny. Anywho, I got things I got to do tonight. All right. Um, so with that said, guys, please make sure you follow us at the Top Dogs. Make sure you follow me at the CLE Sports Guy. Jack, how they follow you in the Dogland app. At Jack McCurry 8 at the Dogland. And for people that listen to the Dogland, if you're confused, Go subscribe to Dogs by Nature, wherever you get your podcast. That's where we're at now. Perfect. Until next time, you guys, we are out. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous.
Now they give it to Green. Green stutter step. He's through. First down, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, William, run. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. In the backfield, two receivers left, one right. Mayfield back to pass. Lux going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! He got it! He got it! The rookie from Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go! Pumping once, now throwing long down the left side. Slaughter has it! He's going in for a touchdown! The Bowser won the game! And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Now they give it to Green. Green stutter step. He's through. First down, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, William, run. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. In the backfield, two receivers left, one right. Mayfield back to pass. Lux going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! He got it! He got it! The rookie from Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go! Pumping once, now throwing long down the left side. Slaughter has it. He's going in for a touchdown! The Bowser won the game! Ha, ha, ha.